This ad brought to you by the Cato Institute. Which U.S. state is the freest? Which is the least free? See how your state ranks at the Cato Institute's new web project and free publication, freedominthe50states.org. So we're continuing to negotiate text for the short-term CR, the Zika bill, and moving the vote until Monday night will allow us to move forward. uh, Congress really, truly wants to leave Washington so lawmakers can return to the campaign trail. But not before they have a few more fights over flood aid to Louisiana, money to fight the Zika virus outbreak, and other sticky issues that have been threatening to gum up a plan to fund the government past the end of this month. Speaking of fights, House Republicans are divided over whether to press ahead with a vote to impeach the commissioner of the IRS, and that's again exposing the tension between Speaker Paul Ryan and members of the conservative House Freedom Caucus, the same group that pretty much ran Ryan's predecessor, John Boehner, out of town. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call with a look ahead to the week of September 19th, joined by budget and appropriations reporter Jennifer Schutt and House leadership reporter Lindsay McPherson. Jennifer, it looked like the Senate was going to cut a deal to fund the government through early December and blow out of town, but you and your colleagues have chronicled a series of mostly partisan spats that are uh, greatly complicating negotiations. Run down what are some of the big unresolved issues. The key unresolved issue right now remains that Zika supplemental spending bill that we've been seeing debated most most often in the Senate since June. Democrats have concerns about language in that conference report that addresses Planned Parenthood clinics in Puerto Rico, as well as an exception for insecticide spraying under the Clean Water Act. And so in speaking with lawmakers the past several weeks, it sounds like the same debates that have been going back and forth since that conference report was released in the summer are still happening now because leadership wants to attach that bill to the continuing resolution, that stopgap spending bill, in order to get it enacted into law. Um, We're also seeing issues about internet domain name management. This has been an issue for Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz for a little while now, and it seems like he might have some support among Senate Republican leaders to get this issue possibly attached to the CR. And then, of course, we're seeing the same request for additional spending that we've seen all year with respect to Flint's lead-contaminated water issue and the opioid crisis that's affecting pretty much every state throughout the country. One of the new spending issues that we are seeing is the flooding in Louisiana. President Barack Obama sent a $2.6 billion supplemental request to Congress last week. Uh, We know that the Louisiana governor was meeting with Appropriations Committee Chairman Hal Rogers this week to try to get some type of spending attached to the continuing resolution, but it's unclear right now if they'll be able to get a significant chunk of that added just based on all the other moving parts and the trading back and forth that goes on between the two political parties. And this all has to be done, of course, by September 30th, the end of the current fiscal year, or the funding for federal agencies and programs runs out, hence the need for this uh, stopgap, emergency package, uh, everything to keep, to keep the, the dollars flowing. It's interesting. There are so many things swirling whenever we get to this point in these talks. Uh, who should govern the Internet, as we said, this plan to hand off things from the United States to an international commission, whether to spend to help Flint, Michigan with the contaminated water. Who makes a final call on what's in and what's out? The negotiations are increasingly amongst leadership in the House and Senate. 
Um, and this year is a little bit interesting compared with past years. We normally see these spending bills originate in the House um, and equal sort of talking points between the House and Senate and the White House on these ongoing spending bills. But this year, it seems like the Senate is really taking charge. And we've heard from appropriators and rank and file lawmakers that decisions, um, particularly on the stopgap spending bill, are amongst the leaders. So uh, it's the last major bill that's going out the door before the elections. Uh, everyone's trying to get their favorite cause taken care of. But these lawmakers also do need to get home to campaign and keep their jobs. Uh, how are they balancing all that? It seems like they're balancing it pretty well. The House and the Senate last week both adjourned on Thursday, so lawmakers were able to get out of town Thursday night or Friday morning. The Senate comes back in Monday evening, and the House doesn't come back in until Tuesday. So they are getting those long weekends to go home to their districts and fundraise and campaign and possibly engage in debates with their opponents. And it seems like what, we're, what we've been hearing from particularly Senate leadership on the continuing resolution is that they will most likely be able to release text this week and possibly get a Senate vote on it as long as everything keeps going smoothly. So most of the lawmakers should be able to head back to their districts or their states for that long October into November recess. So who in particular will you be watching in the coming days or what could be the final week, both in terms of cutting deals or holding deals up? We are most certainly watching Texas Senator Ted Cruz and the Internet domain name issues, that transferring of management of Internet domain names from a U.S. body to an international body. He is somewhat notorious for impacting spending bills in the past, so he's one of the main characters to watch. And then, of course, Senate leadership, Reid and McConnell, and then on the House side, Speaker Ryan and Leader Pelosi. Lindsey McPherson, House Republicans avoided a public showdown on the floor by cutting a deal on an effort to impeach the commissioner of the IRS, John Koskinen. Uh, and this all goes back to the agency's treatment of some conservative groups that were seeking tax-exempt status. What's going to happen next? Yeah, so the deal brokered between Chairman Goodlatte of the Judiciary Committee and Freedom Caucus Chairman Jim Jordan was to have a hearing in which uh, the IRS Commissioner John Koskinen would come and testify under oath before the Judiciary Committee, and that will take place Wednesday is when they're hoping for it, but Koskinen might have some scheduling issues. They're still working that out. But at some point, hopefully this week, that hearing will take place, and Koskinen will have a chance to present his case, but members will also have a chance to grill him and effectively present their case through their questioning. So after that, there are some Freedom Caucus members who would still like to have a floor vote. I think the majority of them are willing to give Chairman Goodlatte some breathing room to decide whether to do that before they try to force it. But there is one Freedom Caucus member, Tim Hulskamp, who is talking about possibly trying to force the vote uh, this week and go it alone if his other Freedom Caucus members don't want to back him. So is this agreement um, a sign that Paul Ryan has any more control over the Freedom Caucus than his predecessor, John Boehner? No. <laughs> and in a way, it kind of shows he has less control, but I think that's what Paul Ryan wants. He doesn't want it to look like he's controlling anything. And in fact, he said that the this deal was brokered by members and the committee chairman, that he was not a part of it. They presented it to him for his blessing, but he did not want to be involved in the deal-making, and he was totally hands-off on this issue. To compare that to John Boehner, as soon as 
John Boehner would have got wind that the Freedom Caucus was going to try to force a floor vote on this, he would have been threatening some kind of punishment and really trying to put a stop in its tracks. So some say this uh, impeachment vote is an empty exercise. Uh, The Senate has signaled already it wouldn't take up any impeachment resolution. Um, Is there much political incentive for rank-and-file Republicans to get an impeachment vote before the election? Um, Certainly not for those who are in difficult re-election races. In fact, their political incentive is to avoid it. So I think they're happy for a deal that pushes off that floor vote. And a lot of people did not want to be on record for it at this time. And uh, the Freedom Caucus, in terms of their political motivation, uh, they haven't had a lot of conservative wins. They'd really like to get one. They can fundraise off this and also show that they're still a force to be reckoned with. And ultimately, if there are some establishment Republicans who lose out um, in their re-election races in November, the Freedom Caucus is unlikely to lose because their fights are in primaries. They only lost one member in a primary. Um, they're going to come back with the same numbers, and they'll be stronger if they're less establishment Republicans. <laughs> so Democrats will obviously oppose the impeachment effort. Do you suspect they can peel off more moderate Republicans and ultimately defeat the Freedom Caucus push in the House? Yes. In fact, that is something they had been working to do up until what they thought was going to be this Thursday vote that um, at the last minute there was this deal to avoid that vote. But uh, Steny Hoyer on the Democratic side and some of his whip team have been working with Charlie Dent on the Republican side um, and some of the more moderate Republicans to whip up the votes to table the resolution had it been brought up for a vote. And they both tell me that they believe they had more than enough votes to do that. Um, Look for that story in roll call (laughs) on Monday. House leadership reporter Lindsay McPherson, budget and appropriations reporter Jennifer Shutt, my thanks. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can find all of our podcasts at rollcall.com forward slash podcast. Have a good week.